Yeah, the problem is I couldn't. I still don't know which house is yours, so. That's all right. I had to go really slowly. Anyways. I'm ready. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. Pat is back. Yeah, this is great. Episode. Is this 33? 33. That's what I wrote down. 33. That's, that's Trent Richardson's number. Sure is. For those of you passionate Browns fans, I had several of his shirts. He lasted all of 15 or 16 games with the Browns before he got traded to the Colts. Yeah, he didn't do very good there either. He didn't. He flamed out of the league. But the Browns got a first round pick for him, which was pretty cool. Yeah. That pick turned into Johnny Manziel. That didn't work out. Which didn't work <laughs> out. So Richardson was a lot of promise because he was was very good in college. Yeah, he was big. He was good. The problem was vision. He could not see a hole if his life depended on it. He could run over you, but that only works so much in the NFL. You can't really just keep running over people. Right. Got to have vision, elusiveness. And he didn't have that. You know, I think he's still trying to make it happen. I think he was he was either in the XFL or the A. I think he was in the AAF. Okay. I think he played a little yeah. bit on that. So anyways, episode 33. Uh, While we're still on football, have you heard that Brandon Jacobs is trying to make a comeback to the NFL? I almost texted you about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to turn into a defensive end, though. He looks like he could do the job. He's see, he was a big motherfucker. He was like six four, two thirty as he, a running back. He was a good, he was a good running back. So he wants he he added thirty five pounds. I think he's up to two sixty five. So six four, two sixty five. That's a pretty good size for a four three defensive end. Yeah, I don't know if he can play defensive <laughs> end. He's thirty. He's in his like he's like thirty seven or something. He's How, old. He's been out of the league what at least at least like six. Seven it was years. like six or seven years at least. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know players evolve very quickly in the NFL, so he might not be quick enough for I don't an offensive know. lineman. I think he saw Tim Tebow making the comeback. Yeah, but Tim Tebow looks absolutely Have you jacked. seen those pictures? There's, oh my There's God. no way he's not on steroids. Yeah, it's that's... Or well, he's drinking holy water. No, man. that's the power <laughs> of Jesus right there. Jesus is making him ripped. That dude is ridiculous. Is he going to make the team? Probably. You think so? It's, yeah. it's Urban Meyer making the decision, yeah, though, which is the reason why. <laughs> Tebow's going to be on the team. He's going to be... Maybe He might not start, but he'll no, be he's going to be like the Taysom Hill light, I think. I don't think he's. I think Taysom Hill's a better athlete. I think Taysom Hill yeah. is a really good. And Tim, I'm not gonna say that Tim Tebow's a bad athlete, mm-hmm. but Taysom Hill, that guy, is kind of on a different level in terms of athleticism he and can, versatility. He can, he can do anything, really. Pretty much. I bet he could play like linebacker. He probably safety. could. Now, I think Tebow is gonna be kind of a. He's gonna be listed as a tight end, but he's gonna be kind of like a wing back. Sure. He's gonna line up as a fullback. I don't know what that offense is gonna be using, but they're gonna use him in the backfield in some capacity. They're they're gonna have a lot of weapons. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. See, I would. I feel like if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I would not want the Tebow distraction in my <laughs> locker room. You're a rookie quarterback. You got to turn this franchise around, basically. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be as much of a distraction as people think he's going to be. Well, the problem is he, as an individual, won't be. People make him a distraction. Yeah, that's I, the I guess thing. That's the media true. makes him. He's a story. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's always been a story. It doesn't matter what he could say or anything. And he doesn't really. I don't think he really wants the attention as much as he gets. Him, him being on Jacksonville, he probably won't get that much attention. Jacksonville doesn't doesn't get much attention. He's in his mid thirties after five years of baseball or something. He hasn't played in he hasn't played since the Patriots signed him. Remember that when they signed him right as Aaron Hernandez got arrested? Remember that whole thing? Yeah, but I thought he went to the Jets after that. Did he go? Did he do anything there? Well, did he go to the Jets before? Or after I thought that was the before. I thought that was before the Patriots because the Patriots was him as a tight end. I can't remember. And people thought that when Aaron Hernandez got arrested, that was going to end up clearing the way for Tim Tebow to become a tight end because Aaron Hernandez was going to be out of the picture for a while. But he. He ended up playing special teams. Did he? I didn't think he made the team. He did. I, I remember him with the Patriots. He, I'm pretty sure he was maybe in the. Pre-season. He was on the punt team. He was on the punt team. 
Was he? And I remember them running a fake punt, direct snap to Tim Tebow. And he I didn't think he made the team. Okay, listeners, if I you can't guys remember. if you guys know Tim Tebow's football history, please tweet us at thirty in the and let us know. Did he make the team? I don't think he made the team. Maybe not. We'll have to do a follow up on this story on episode thirty four of the show. Sure. Anyways, what kind of news we got? Do we have any good news outside sure. of Tim Tebow and Brandon Jacobs? And- <laughs> yeah, I have I have I have uh, two or three news stories. So I thought this was kind of interesting. This is from jpl.nasa.gov. Okay, so we're going to space on this one. NASA's Curiosity rover captures shining clouds on Mars. Shining clouds. Yeah. Interesting. The science team is studying the clouds, which arrived earlier and formed higher than expected to learn more about the red planet. Cloudy days are rare in the thin, dry atmosphere of Mars. Clouds are typically found on the planet's equator in the coldest time of the year, when Mars is the farthest from the sun in its oval-shaped orbit. But one full Martian year ago, two Earth years, scientists noticed clouds forming over NASA's Curiosity rover earlier than expected. This year, they were ready to start documenting these early clouds from the moment they appeared in late January. What resulted are images of wispy puffs filled with ice crystals that scattered light from the setting sun, some of them shimmering with color. More than just spectacular displays, such images help scientists understand how clouds form on Mars and why these recent ones are different. In fact, Curiosity's team has already made one new discovery. The early arrival clouds are actually at higher altitudes than is typical. Most Martian clouds hover no more than 37 miles, 60 kilometers, in the sky and are composed of water ice, but the clouds Curiosity has imaged are at a higher altitude, where it's very cold indicating that they're likely made of frozen carbon dioxide or dry ice. Interesting. Dude, I think in our lifetime, we're going to put people on Mars. I hope so. I really hope so. There's um, more to it. You can you can, you can can look up this. i look that up. It's pretty cool. It's, it's a long article, but it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so they got clouds on Mars, which proves that there's got to be some form of atmosphere, which yes. I think they've already we've already known about it. It's always been assumed to be very thin up there. Right, but the fact that they're higher and they're getting colder, I don't, I'm not a scientist, but to me, maybe it'll rain one day on Mars. I don't know. Does it rain on Mars? Well, they do have liquid water on Mars uh, periodically. Do they? It's because they, Mars still has like the ice caps. Sure. So they melt occasionally. There's also evidence that they found brine up there, which could indicate the potential for like microbe life. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not the expert on any of this. I'm talking way out of my ass, but. <laughs> Me neither. Um, that's interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I hope that we get up there. People get up there. I think that'd be cool. Now, I think that aliens have lived there in the past. I don't know if they live there currently. They probably do. But I'm, I'm positive that if there was, like, some good archaeological stuff done on Mars, you'd find evidence of a civilization living there. Elon Musk, man. I'm I'm pretty sure of that, which right. is a, it's a crazy thing to say, but it makes sense. If you study history and you study geology. Sure. Anyways, that's a pretty good news story. Pretty Thanks, cool. man. Good start. Tried. I got my first one. Mine aren't nearly as good. <laughs> So I got this one from TampaFP.com. Okay. And this one's been pretty pretty widely covered, but uh, you might have seen this one. Illegally owned guns confiscated from home of anti-gun Democratic mayor in New York. Illegal guns confiscated in a mayor's house who is an anti-gun mayor. Like the current mayor? Yes. Bill de Blasio? No. Uh, it's Rochester. Oh, so New York uh, is New York oh, State. New oh, York State. okay. I'm sorry. My bad. Probably, the headline didn't <laughs> like, clarify. The headline didn't clarify <laughs> the city or the state. Okay. I was just reading the headline as it was. Okay. As it was written. Okay. So Rochester, Mayor, New York Mayor Lovely Warren has been known as an anti-gun advocate. Lovely Warren. <laughs> 
That's a name for you. Okay. She's vocalized support of the strict gun laws. Cause you know, New York has the strict gun laws in the state. Right. So she's been vocalizing support of this. But apparently just because she makes the rules doesn't mean she has to follow them. That's how it goes sometimes. And apparently, I, I'm just kind of paraphrasing the story, but there was a drug bust in uh, Rochester. And her husband got kind of tied up in the drug bust <laughs> because he had cocaine. Oh, boy. And it was enough to order a search warrant for the house. Right. And in the house, they found two illegally owned and unregistered firearms. Arms, a handgun and a, and a long rifle. <sighs> All in the house of a woman that wants guns off the street, wants strict gun laws. Right. It's like fuck you. Everybody can have. Everybody can't have guns, but I can do whatever I want. Basically. Exactly. So, Unreal. This is over electing guys. Yeah. This is. It, it's silly, <laughs> and it's it just. It's an expose on sure political corruption and how people legislate laws that they're not going to follow themselves. Because let's face it, if you're living in, in the city of Rochester, you probably want a gun just for safety. Honestly, this whole COVID nineteen thing was the number one. Example example of setting standards and not following them by corrupt <laughs> politicians the number one pretty example. much i mean it doesn't take much more to look at who was it uh, cuomo in new york state oh my God. cuomo he, pelosi he, but he wrote a book about how he handled <laughs> coronavirus and when he literally shipped all of them all the old people in the nursing homes and killed them all <laughs> that was the silliest uh the silliest level of narcissism I've ever seen. Oh, uh, so funny. Published books about bragging about how well he handled it. Like, come on, man. I don't know. Before he was even all over. Before, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just like, like the, this, this. The pandemic was still going on. He already had the book written, and I can guarantee you, people bought it. And I'm, read sure, it and I'm sure. Like, Fuck yeah, this Cuomo guy. And his brother got in trouble because he was. I mean, his conflict of huge conflict well, of interest. Anyways, we're gonna be we're gonna have to be well, careful. Yeah, we, we gotta, yeah, we might have to cut. <laughs> we're not cutting that, but we have to be careful as the what we say. Sure. Anyways, so that's Rochester, New York. Lovely Warren, not lovely actions. Right. That was good. Anyways, uh, do you got any more for us today? Sure. So, it's my favorite odd news, but you can probably find this news story anywhere. A two-year-old Los Angeles girl with an IQ score of 146 has become the youngest me- member of Mensa in the United States. No shit. Two years old? Two years old. I'm not going to pronounce the mother's name correctly. Parents, Sukait Athwell and Devin Quest, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, I apologize said their daughter, Kashi, too, was accepted into Mensa as the world's oldest IQ society after scoring 146 in an IQ test, nearly 50 points higher than the 98-point average in the United States. The parents said Kasha can read full sentences, count to 100, and identify all 50 states. She is now working on identifying periodic table elements by their symbols and learning Spanish. Impressive. She'll wake up on a Saturday and say, I want to do elements, or I want to do states. So whenever she's leaning into it, we're just there to support her. Quest told KABC TV. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, the parents said they don't put pressure on the girl to achieve. She's just as many as any normal toddler. At the end of the day, she's in that toddler stage, so she's very much still a normal two-year-old where we have negotiations, we have tantrums, we have everything. It's different because the way we communicate with her, it has to be different because she's so able to understand just a little bit more. That's crazy. So imagine your two-year-old daughter being smarter than you. This isn't unprecedented. We've already seen uh, Mahomes' daughter get scholarship offers without near the amount of merit that this this child has now this child has to have had she's probably got a full ride already penciled in for any she's probably at this point she's gonna basically skip high school probably i mean my son is what 16 months 15 months something like something that. like that and he's not talking yet oh god <laughs> which is normal yeah which is normal for his i mean he can yeah. say some words you know he, can, say, he can say hi yes he can say snap he can say, you know, certain certain things. But he's not going to be coming on the show anytime soon. Probably not. He can say mom and dad. 
daddy and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, but this this little girl probably could come on the show and probably end up running the show. Basically, she could be our producer. She'd, be our, well, <laughs> she'd probably fire us pretty quickly. <laughs> if there's a two-year-old girl on the next 4.30 episode, we got fired. Yeah, we got fired. <laughs> um, it was a fun run. It's been real, guys. But we had to let, let the real talent take over. Anyways, this one, this one, you probably saw this one, too. This one's from upnorthlive.com. Now, it's upnorthlive.com, but we're actually going back to Florida on this one. Okay. So get ready. Casey Anthony keeps getting drinks thrown in her face at Florida Bar, police say. Okay. So I'm sure you're familiar with Casey Anthony. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, she was acquitted in the murder of her two-year-old daughter back in 2011. Her daughter died in, I guess that's a term, died at this point. Yeah. In 2008. Clearly it looked like a homicide. Clearly it looked like Casey Anthony did it. Clearly it looked like she was trying to cover <laughs> up that she did it. Sure. Uh, somehow, some way in the state of Florida, the, the jury decided that she didn't do it, which... I want to go back and like watch that trial. It's, or read it or something. I don't know. It was it was the same lawyer that got Aaron Hernandez off on his second murder charges. Oh, shit. Was the one that got her off, too. But let's face it. She probably killed the kid. Probably. She had a lot of motive to kill the kid. Yeah. And I thought she was going to go to the witness protection program, but I guess she's just back in the mix in <sighs> Florida these days. My gosh. Uh, she's still, and she was a party girl back then, which is the reason why she didn't want her daughter around, was because right. it stood in the way of her being able to go out and party like she wanted to. Uh, she got into some love triangle with some guy, basically, and the his real girlfriend, the, he, he was dating both of them at the same time, so he was dating Casey Anthony and his other girlfriend, and she ended up finding out, and this was going on for years, and then every time she sees Casey Anthony in a bar, she spills a drink on her. <laughs> so that's that's why she keeps getting drinks spilled on her. Right. Now, why Casey Anthony would subject herself to this type of shit doesn't make any remote sense. Yeah. But if you're Casey Anthony, let's face it, you don't got a lot of options in the no, dating in the really, dating market. You really don't. <laughs> but so I thought that was kind of funny. I don't think she's ever. I think until the day she dies, Casey Anthony is never going to stop being a headline at some point. Never, probably not. And it's 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 sad because obviously a child died, which is terrible. Right. But at the same time, it's one of those just one of the silliest and most bizarre things. And it's a silly example of it's kind of like OJ. He's kinda, yeah. He's kind of he kind of comes in and out of the headlines all the time. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a it was a media circus, and it's a common example of how attention gravitates towards certain topics. If Casey Anthony was ugly or not nearly as weird, it wouldn't have been a story. Probably. But since she's kind of cute, off the wall crazy, basically... And what's the other thing? She's got that's like that psychopathic sure. mentality. She she kind of looks psycho. And then when she when she got acquitted, though, just a like creepy smile, right? Just shit like that. That that gravitates <sighs> attention. Like we're still talking about it. So right, those are attention grabbers right there. So, anyways, Casey Anthony can't go to bars <laughs> because she keeps getting drinks thrown in her face. It's not because she killed her kid. It's because she can't date a guy that's unattached, basically. So. Well, that's fun. And that's all I got for news today. So I had another interesting news story, but I'm going to skip that because I just saw something in my photos that I've been wanting to share with you the last couple okay. the last couple times, but I keep forgetting about it. Okay. You know who Austin Eckler is? Running back. Yeah. He plays for Chargers. Yes. Very good running back. Yep. It's pretty good. He has a quote that he uh, he was talking about Philip Rivers, and I thought this was kind of funny. Okay. So this, this is a quote from Austin Eckler in an interview. The first time I saw Rivers with all of his kids... I thought he was doing a meet and greet with some type of youth, but then to come to find out it was just his family. That's so funny because how many kids does Philip Rivers has? has? Uh, he had at least nine yeah. last I saw. I don't know if he's got a tenth one yet. That is incredible. 
Could you imagine? Now, there are several interesting things with Philip Rivers. First of all, you know why he has so many kids? Yes, because of his religion. He's a by-the-book devout Catholic. Yeah. And certain things are frowned upon. So I guess that that, that results in nine kids, I guess. Sure. Uh, the other thing is when they moved to L.A., he stayed living in San Diego. And he commuted back and forth every day. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I remember And that he talking. had this, like, he commissioned this, like, ridiculous. It was like a limo, but it was like an Escalade limo. And he had all of his film set up in the back of the limo. So he'd be riding to and from work. <laughs> and he'd be like, he'd, he'd spend like four hours in the car every day. So that's when he got all his film study done. That is insane. So he would literally go back and forth between practices. <laughs> <laughs> watching film in the back of this limo while some guy drove him around basically why why not just move because you didn't want to uproot nine you didn't want to move yeah, with I nine kids most of them are young most of them are ch- like little yeah you, like, you have to move an entire colony basically <laughs> pretty much state. <laughs> but between him and his wife and the kids he's got enough to fill the full a full 11 right so they could, they could probably run some offensive drills you know that's true yeah i guess he's a high school football coach now. yeah he is yeah which that's got to be insane because you see his temper tantrums on the field <laughs> Right. I can guarantee you he's going to burst a blood cell in his But he doesn't head. curse, though. That is true. Really? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he does. Does he? I'm pretty sure I've seen him say some pretty bad things. So, Philip Rivers with his army of kids. was doing a meet and greet. doing a meet and greet. Anyways, we're getting back to an old topic, aren't we, today? We are. This is Pat's favorite topic. Yes, it is. We're doing Aliens Part 4. Aliens Part 4. Disclosure. Yes, this is our disclosure discussion. (laughs) So we talked about aliens on many of our episodes, episodes 15, 17, 19. Check them out. They're all great. And we bring them up on, I don't want to say we bring them up on every episode, but we kind of damn near. Damn near every episode, (laughs) either a news story or a comment or we talk about aliens a lot. So if you guys haven't checked those out, please check out those episodes. You don't really need to listen to all of them to be able to understand what we're talking about in this conversation because we usually take like a different topic each time. And even though this is the disclosure episode, so we are far from done with this series. We've got a, probably about 30 more alien episodes <laughs> that we could do. But today we're going to talk about disclosure. And we're talking about it for a reason today. Because according to the Congress, the Congressional Coronavirus Bill or whatever, mm-hmm. the Department of Defense has until June, which is coming up here pretty soon, to give Congress a report on the aliens. Technically, I think it's called the UAP Task Force. Yes. So there is there is a deadline, supposedly. A lot of people are saying it's June 1st. I don't know if it's necessarily June 1st. It's supposed to be June 1st. But, which would be Tuesday. Right. So we're going to have this episode up before that. We're getting ahead of the curve, ahead of the storm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss disclosure. Sure. Do you have any comments on disclosure? I think we should try and start out why this disclosure is happening. Because the last three years, a lot of things have happened with uh, UFO sightings and, and stuff regarding the military. Uh, there's been a lot of leaks coming out, mostly from the Navy, when it comes to video footage, pilots discussing UFOs. I w- leak? See, leak. Well, it's a there, weird word. There's actually a New York Times art, uh, article, big article, that first leaked the three videos, and then the Department of Defense, they ended up putting those videos out themselves saying, yes, it's real. Yeah, they kind of verified the authenticity yeah. mm-hmm. of the videos. And this was back, what, 2017, 2018? That was three years ago. The New York Times article is three years okay, ago. Okay, so that, that makes sense. That fits the timeline. Mm-hmm. So that kind of has brought it into like the mainstream media, I guess, at least running news stories on it. Right. Because this really wasn't a topic outside 
outside of the occasional tabloid, this really wasn't a topic that was seeing a ton of attention in the mainstream media. Right. You know what I mean? Occasionally you get something Area 51 related or somebody sees something that gets maybe on a local news channel or something. Right. But this kind of launched it into the forefront of the mainstream media, at least a little bit, to the point where you would get a news alert about it or you'd go on like foxnews.com or cnn.com and you might see something. Right. So with that in mind, we've got this congressional bill saying that they got to start revealing some files. Right. And real quick, I can just go over like what you basically what we're going to expect whenever this happens, whenever they're going to come out with these reports. Yes. So in December of 2020, the government enacted the Intelligence Authorization Act, which calls for the unclassified and all sources report of unidentified aerial phenomenon, which that's what they call it now. UAP. UAP. Yeah. Which is the same thing as a UFO. It sounds better. UAP sounds better, I guess, for the intellectual community because they're not using the term UFO because UFO is such a bad negative connotation around it. Yeah. And that's why they're doing that. They want to sound just a little bit smarter, a little bit more intelligent than the average person that's talking about this. That's the only reason why UAP is the term instead of UFO. Right. It's like when Al-Qaeda became ISIS and then it became ISIL. Remember that? Yeah. That's the same thing. It's about trying to stay a little bit smarter than the average person that's talking about it. Makes sense. And this whole thing was included into the COVID-19 relief bill. While that makes sense, I don't really know. Which was signed in 20, January of 2021? No, December of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically the report is going to include available data and intelligence reporting anything they have on UAPs, basically. And they're going to lay out what they know and what they don't know about UAPs. So that is what the, the, the bill orders the Department of Defense to do this? Or is that specified in your research? Because everything from mine was Department of Defense. Yeah, it's Department of Defense. Uh, April 27th of 2020, the Pentagon released the three videos and uh, taken by the U.S. Navy pilots. Yes. And they can't describe what they're doing, how they're moving, or anything like that. Sure. And and they're pretty unclear whether the government believes this is foreign technology or whether this is from a different world. Or this could also theoretically be United States technology that just isn't part of the knowledge base of sure. wherever. And honestly, that's kind of what my thinking is. That's kind of what you're thinking. Yeah. And we're gonna, I'm going to break down how that's possible in a little bit. Sure. But as far as I'm concerned, it all looks like it's the Department of Defense who's... Yeah. And then they, they created the UAP Task Force, which was created to detect, analyze, and catalog incursions by unauthorized aircraft into their training ranges or any other designated airspace that the United States has. And that fact right there is being kind of presented recently as news, even though it seemed like it's been in effect for a while now. Yeah. It it was probably even talked about back then, but it's kind of coming out as news right now. Sure. Which is weird. So basically what we're going to discuss is what we think the disclosure is going to look like. Like what are they going to, like what they're going to say, how much they're going to reveal, how much of the truth that they're going to reveal. Yes. And it's a very, very, very complicated thing for a lot of different reasons. Now, one thing, and the reason why I think it's important that we need to start bringing this up right now, is 60 Minutes ran a segment on May 16th. With Obama. With, with Obama. No, it wasn't Obama. It was with the pilots. Wh- who did the who did the interview with Obama? I forget who did that interview, oh. but that came out, because we talked about that a couple oh, that episodes. Was, yeah, that was a couple But it, it fits a timeline, though, of people starting to come out yeah. and talk a little bit more. Anyway, 60 Minutes ran the interview with the guy that ran the program that we just talked about within the Department of Defense. He also They also interviewed two of the pilots that made visual contact with these things, two of the Navy pilots. And they're both, both a little bit older now, but they were flying back in like 2006, I think is when one of the sightings was made or whatever. It was early 2000s or mid-2000s. Yeah. Now, the thing with 60 Minutes, number one, it's a shitty news source. Yes. I would not be using it 
I would it wouldn't hold any relevance to a, a free thinking person as far as I'm cons- I'm concerned. The only reason why it holds relevance is because so many people watch it. Whether it's garbage or not, and yes it is garbage, it has a lot of viewers and it form it, it's a narrative what do they call it? A narrative cultivator is what I call it. Sure. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Oh, I 100% agree. And the other thing with 60 minutes too is where most news shows do like 1 minute blurbs on a topic, kind of like how we do a news story, it's a minute or two and then we're on to the next. Sure. 60 minutes does detailed dive-ins into these news stories and they're very good at giving you a lot of information and they're very good at making the viewer feel like they're well informed on whatever topic that they're discussing Mm -hmm. so given all of that obviously not everybody watches 60 minutes but you got to think about who watches 60 minutes obviously if you're going to regularly view that program you trust the media you trust the establishment to enough that you're going to keep watching the program right and the third thing is you want to feel like you're well informed on a topic you want to feel like you're in the know you want to feel like you're smart enough or capable enough to understand what's going on you know what i mean yeah definitely. so that you have to look at the viewer base like that i would never be watching uh 60 minutes i've watched like three segments in my life four or five probably honestly i've i've watched like clips on youtube clips on youtube yeah, we watched yeah. a couple segments in the school back in the day yeah but that was it's never something i really sat down and really watched now if i did watch it you kind of it, it does kind of get you like kind of catches your attention it's presented well it's presented very well and mm-hmm. that's the thing it's easy to watch those segments and feel like you're well informed and feel like you know what's going on they're very good at making you feel like you have all the information right the problem with that is if you have that presentation style it's very easy to sway you one way or another most definitely. on a topic the fact that 60 minutes ran that navy ufo interview was targeted towards that demographic that establishment trusting kind of think i'm probably smarter than the average person person you know what I'm, you, do you understand what i'm do you understand what i'm saying yeah i get where you're going so that was targeted deployment of information right there as far as i'm concerned right because if 60 minutes is talking about it and if you're watching 60 minutes obviously it's a <laughs> trusted news stories exactly well, there's not a, i mean there probably are people that watch it just for the comedic effect so the the people that are watching it are probably like wow wow this, this shit is really gonna happen exactly this disclosure is really gonna happen so you understand that what i'm building towards of course okay and i'm asking you i'm asking you in this but i'm, I'm talking to the listeners <laughs> you know what i mean right. <laughs> because i know that you're on the same page <laughs> Anyways, so 60 Minutes ran this segment. I watched pretty much all of it. And what struck me about it is the guy presenting it, his name was Bill Whitaker, was the presenting reporter on this. Okay. Uh, he was, and I wrote it down, I wrote him down as the establishment's public face in the discussion. Okay. And when he was interviewing this guy, he used the terms nutty and wacky. Ugh. Which that is the public, the general, the establishment's perception of the opinion is that people are going to be like, oh, this is nutty and it's wacky. Exactly. So we, we're fighting that. Disclosure has to fight that perception. And you'll go anywhere you'll go. You can bring up UFOs. You're always going to get somebody going, ah. Right. And it's usually just like that. It's usually a guy in his, probably in his late 50s or early 60s just going, ah. Right. Who doesn't have any reason, doesn't have anything outside of the fact that, oh, I don't think that's real. Or that's nonsense. Or you're one of those guys, aren't you? One of those wacky guys. Exactly. (laughs) So 60 Minutes doing this argument is probably targeting that guy because that guy probably watches 60 Minutes because he thinks he's probably pretty well informed. Sure. So I was watching some other stuff and CNN did a segment where they interviewed some of the same people. There have been a couple other segments that got released recently on major media 
networks. And you can if you can find them all on YouTube. Obviously, you can't sit and just watch CNN hoping that they're going to talk about it. But the segments exist on YouTube if you know how to search for that type of thing. Mm-hmm. CNN did one, and I can't remember the reporter's name, but he didn't even bring up the term UFO. He didn't bring up the possibility that it could have been anything. He was It was either it's secret U.S. government technology or it's secret foreign technology. He wouldn't even consider the idea that it was anything else. He didn't even bring it up. And he looked like he was he was so upset that he had to even talk about this. <laughs> this was some old guy who I don't, I don't know who the hell he was, but right. he didn't want to be doing that interview. He could tell he didn't want to be doing that interview because it completely blew up his establishment perspective of whatever's going on. Exactly. And if you're a 65-year-old reporter working for CNN, chances are your entire career has been serving the establishment. <laughs> right. So Most definitely. Anyways, so when you look at what you look at how that information got disseminated, it's obviously targeting certain people. Definitely. It's trying to get the idea out to certain groups because the hardcore alien researcher is not paying attention much to what the mainstream media is talking about. Some of them, to contradict that, I think some of them do, though. I think some of them are like, wow, finally, finally, this stuff's finally coming out. Everything that we've been saying, finally, disclosure's coming. No, I feel, no, I feel like some of them are saying that. No, you're right about that. You are right about that. But it's not, It's people aren't waiting for information from them to start researching. People right. are doing research on their own, and they're happy when the big people sure. pick it up and start talking about it. Now, we've talked about it kind of in the secret societies a little bit in a couple of the other episodes, how intertwined the government and the media actually are, yeah. and how even like even Fox News is almost state-run media sure. at this point. CNN definitely is. Yes. NBC and ABC, you know, the ownership group is all the same. So why now? Why are these news stories hitting now? And why is this deadline in the bill? You know, you do you understand what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Why is all this happening now? Because we've done over the last ten episodes, we've had a new UFO news story like often. Right. I'm not gonna say well, it wasn't every episode. It was like three or four of them at least. We ran a UFO story, whether it was Baker Mayfield, whether it was Jeremy Corbell leaking something. Right. Something was getting reported, and we were talking about it. And what was it uh, last year or the year before that that big thing on social media? Uh, everyone was gonna storm Area 51. Yeah. And all this, all this shit. Like a lot of this has been brought to light the last two, three years. It's been coming out a lot, and even even if you think about it too, like Unacknowledged was only in 2017. Yep. The Bob Lazar documentary was 2018. Uh, Bob Lazar has been back in the scene all of a sudden after yep. like 20 years of not really doing much. All of a sudden he's talking about it again. On obviously Unacknowledged, and there's been other documentaries tied to Unacknowledged that have been right within the last five years. The other guy that's been talking about it a lot is Tom DeLong, the former singer of Blink 182. <laughs> I don't know if I brought him up on the. I can't remember if I brought him up on the Aliens so. Part Two or not. But he's into this hardcore, and he claims to be part of a group that's preparing disclosure, and he claims to have like government contacts that are like working with him and other other people. And the idea is that having famous people that are easily recognizable, like Tom DeLong, would cushion the blow of information dissemination. Mm-hmm. It's easier when somebody who's a rock star who people have always idolized is telling you this shit as opposed to a politician who's not popular with half the country or right. something to that degree. You understand what I'm saying with that, though? Yeah, of course. And if you watch some of his videos, and his videos are kind of hard to find, and I've watched a couple of really good interviews with him that I wasn't able to find again, <laughs> which is <laughs> suspicious, sure, to say the least. But if you watch the videos, it's it's kind of compelling, at least his belief in the, how the, the, the disclosure is going to happen. Sure. So if you guys can find that kind of thing, check that out, because it's interesting. And he claims it's going to be a collaborative effort between the media and the government to get this type of information out. Now, he has some pretty far out claims like he'll tell you that like aliens are actually here and like there's like different races involved and whatever but it is interesting see if you if you want my opinion on what how the disclosure is going to be let's listen whatever they say I, I don't think that they're gonna say
say anything concrete with this dis- with this quote unquote disclosure coming up. I don't think the the government will fully disclose anything because if they fully disclose anything and then they disclose that yes we have seen USOs yet wow UFOs or UAPs yes we we do have um, alien spacecraft and we have made contact and we have all this information that we have in Area 51 and all this shit and all this technology that we've gotten from them then they would have to admit and then they would have to release all the technology that would have that would basically crumble the economy and all the big corporations out there that run our world. It it's would, not going to happen. I think the, exactly. I think I think the disclosure is going to come from the aliens themselves. They're going to they're going to make themselves known at some point. I just don't future. know. I just don't know at what point it would be a really scary place when considering yes, what is already considering what has already happened. <laughs> Like you think World War Two is going on? That would have been a pretty good. Yeah. Hey, we're here. We're in control of this. Yeah. Time out, <laughs> basically. But I don't see them jeopardizing that. And yeah. for how secretive they've been this entire time, just plot all this out now. Yeah. How society is just in a state of unrest right now, basically any everywhere. I, honestly, I, I think this is just a distraction. Type you think thing. so? I think so. Now there is another theory out there that alien. I think I've talked about this. Out alien invasions are in the playbook in terms of ways to distract the public like you fabricate an alien invasion yeah that's to get people that's, that's what they said in unacknowledged that the government's going to fake an alien invasion yeah and the thing with that too that you have to consider is what type of activities mobilize an entire group of people towards one goal <laughs> right wars are pretty much it basically yep uh like even the coronavirus didn't have the intended impact that people thought right it was going to because a lot of people just were like this is flat out bullshit in you know the the theory that that not everybody in the establishment knows about the alien technology that we might have could be true because, I mean... It's 100% true as far as I'm concerned. Because you have, you know, like the president and all these high-ranking officials say, we don't know how these things move. We don't understand how these things operate. When you have people like Bob Lazar, that's worked at Area 51, say, they have these propulsion anti-gravity systems. This is how this is moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like some people know. And that's the other thing, too. And people don't understand this. They don't understand the concept of the infrared information silo. I don't know if you've heard of that term before. Silo? Yeah. And it could be easily broken down in terms of uh, like a corporation. Like say the financial department is only telling accounting what accounting needs to know to do their job. Right. Accounting is only dealing with logistics in terms of what logistics needs to know. But there's other information there that just doesn't see the light of day. Right. And the other thing too is within a company, if you've got, say you've got a logistics department, you've got a finance department, you've got all your other departments, everybody's trying to preserve their own job and do what, what makes sense for them and makes their life easiest a perfect example would be a buyer for a company like a company that, that has a warehouse distribution overbuys on a certain product but doesn't think about the logistics of storing that product he's overbuying because it's easier just to make the one big order right now without thinking about well where is all the shit gonna go when it shows up right you see that all the time if you work for if you've ever worked for a small distribution company you still have a shit all the time because that buyer isn't going to the warehouse and talking to the warehouse guys about <laughs> right. this type of shit right so the sure. warehouse guys are pissed off with the buyer for you send me 18 pallets of this that i've got no room for and i've got a store a certain way right what am i supposed to do now oh well, it was a good deal it doesn't matter if it was a good deal <laughs> you understand you understand what i'm saying though yeah the government operates the exact same way definitely people are out for their own interests and they're looking out for themselves much more so than they are understanding the bigger picture mm-hmm. and then when it comes like the department of defense that is just one department of many obviously they should have the most information on aliens considering the fact that u.s military gathers a ton of intelligence right but the cia isn't under that umbrella at all the cia operates under its own right it's not even part of any of the 
those departments. It's kind of they say it's kind of like the State Department, but it really isn't even. Right. The CIA director doesn't answer to the to the Secretary of State. And another thing too is what really pisses me off is anytime the Department of Defense puts out one of these UFO videos, they're they're never good videos. You never have a good video of a UAP. You never. They're always these fuzzy thermal videos, and it's like if this disclosure, quote unquote disclosure, that they have these reports that they're going to be coming out June first, they don't have any clear video of this thing they're not gonna they're not gonna say anything about what they really have yeah i'm sorry they're just not but even if they had a clear video that wouldn't help anything because everybody but would be it, like it, at least fake. it would be a clear video it would be something to look at yeah i guess no i understand what you're saying but the other thing too that the department of defense doesn't there's no real there's no real advantage for them to disclose anything there Is really there? isn't i mean there really isn't i don't see and i read this interesting article from another reputable news source usa today oh god <laughs> but this guy his name is Mick West. You ever hear about him? No, I can't say that I have. He's like a conspiracy theorist debunker and all this shit. I I want to read you this article. Not that I agree with all of it, or but just a couple of the things that he pointed out. Basically, he spent the last three years debunking the the Navy pilot videos. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you what he says. I w- I want to hear your thoughts on it. This guy is probably very fun at parties. Sure. So he he did close examination the th- uh, for the last three years over the three videos that they released. Yep. So the very first one, the 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 glowing, they call it the glowing aura. I think that's how you say it. A U R A aura. Is that how you say that? Aura. 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 And that was the, the glowing aura and black money was the title of that New York Times article that basically brought those three videos to light. Sure. And that first video, he says it turned out to be processing artifacts. So that glowing aura around the, the craft that they that they have in the video, he debunked that as a processing artifact common to thermal cameras. So what people thought was this. Lights are of a reflective surface at least. Yes. That's what he debunked it as. And the, the most famous famous video is that tic-tac the tic-tac video have you seen that one yeah the tic-tac he revealed after studying the video for three years that the sudden movements that the tic-tac was doing was just the camera moving and not the tic-tac the tic-tac was moving fast but it wasn't making any type of special maneuvers it was just the camera moving by itself that's what he that's what he claims to as to what was happening okay and then the go fast video uh which claimed that to show an object with no heat source so no type of engine or anything like that or any type of propulsion system in the craft that was moving impossibly fast over the the surface of the ocean. So that turned out to be much higher than it seemed, creating an illusion of motion and the actual speed was more like the speed of the wind. Now, problems immediately arise with that because he's just analyzing visuals, correct? Yes. What about the fact that they tracked it on radar? Well, he was saying that it was most likely like the the object of some type of balloon or something like that. That's what he thinks it was. I feel like the Department of Defense would... Have probably know if it was like would probably have somebody on the staff smarter than this guy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like, and in the last one, the most compelling video was the gimbal, which seemed to show an actual flying saucer uh, skimming over the clouds and then coming to a stop and then bizarrely rotating in aerodynamical impossible positions. And he debunked that as actually showing the object moving over patches of sunlight, making it seem like it was rotating in these incredible positions. Patches of sunlight? Yes. I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, if you're going into something with a certain goal, you're going to find an explanation for that. Right. You're gonna I, find I, just, an... I just thought what he had to, I just want to know what you, what you had to think about this guy debunking all this shit, because I know you had, I know you like debunkers. I just, I think that, <laughs> number one, I, 
what are you doing with your life? Like, at least we're having fun. And I can't imagine this guy's right. having a lot of fun doing this. Probably not. Number two, what's the goal? What's the goal of debunking it? No idea. To just prove that you're smarter than Apparently. The, the Department of Defense? Is that the goal? Who Who is that guy that... Uh... Who's that guy that believed in aliens and he just completely flip flopped and and he became a he he was on he they talked about him he was on Joe Rogan wasn't he he might have been on Joe Rogan I don't know who that was but oh, what was his name the that guy with Bob the guy that did the Bob Lazar Corbell uh, no it's Corbell not him but he but he talked about him he was talking George shit Knapp? about him no not George Knapp oh he was talking shit about Bob Lazar no the the guy that made the Bob Lazar documentary Corbell yes he was talking shit about the guy that flip flopped oh what yeah I can't I can't remember that guy's name. Oh, they mentioned him on Unacknowledged too. Oh shit! I can't remember his name. I can't remember it either. I was gonna, I was gonna try to watch Unacknowledged today, but I couldn't make any of my streaming work in my office, so I'm, I'm gonna go home and watch it probably. It's a good one. I watch that. I watch it like five times a year. I'm not <laughs> Dude, gonna lie. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. The the arguments that guy makes are pretty compelling. Now, and that's the other thing too is that supposedly when that documentary got released, there was a whole big controversy within the State Department about what he was gonna talk about, and they like did like their own like their own like secret research on the documentary. Before they let it be published, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. They, they go to those lengths to surprise they didn't shut it down. I'm surprised they didn't either. But you got to think. Number one, all that debunking that you did. How does that answer the fact that the Navy pilots are seeing this stuff daily? Exactly. Like, are they just gonna like be sure. out there misidentifying stuff daily? That that, that doesn't. The, the, I guess the the one thing that I would say as far as debunking is so many of these are seen over uh, restricted airspaces by the U.S. military. Sure. I'm sure some of these sightings are our own shit. That they don't know about. Yeah, I'm sure that that's some of it. It's very tough for that to explain the quantity. Sure. Because there'd be an awful lot of people involved in programs that, and Bob Lazar would be the only one not talking, or <laughs> the only one that came out to talk about it. So right. It's very interesting. This, this disclosure, like, June 1st, like, like personally, I don't expect a whole lot. Yeah, I don't expect a lot either. But it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I just hope they come out with more visuals. Yeah. I'm hoping that they come out with, like, some, like, form of, like, they bring in contact with a, a species. Because what would that, what would that do? That would blow up everything. That would blow everything up. Now there are I've I've read some things from like Navy officers. I've spoken anonymously, like through a secondhand source from like Navy people and even Air Force people that say there's a secret there's a secret culture of beings that live in our ocean right now, <laughs> and that are responsible for what the Navy has been seeing because they can they have spaceships that fly basically. And that ties into Bill Cooper, who I talked about several times on the show. Yeah. His first sighting was uh, uh was a USO basically. It was a submerged thing. He was on a submarine, and they they uh, what's the word when you go up uh, breached. Sure. And they were able to look outside and see, and they saw this thing kind of flying into the ocean, like a spaceship kind of flying into the ocean. And it plays into the fact that there are other Navy people that say that there's something that's been here a lot longer than humans have that currently lives in the ocean right now, like a species that can fly ships and whatnot. Well, uh, what, what are they going to do about the radiation that's coming in from Fukushima? I don't know. wonder how they're handling that. They probably there. got a shield. Maybe. I'm telling you what, I think that aliens created humanity. <laughs> and you want to know why? You want to know why? Because gold is a pretty good shield against radiation. To make all these ships fly, obviously nuclear energy is going to be used in some capacity. Mm-hmm. What if Earth just happens to be a gold-rich planet? Or what if our, even our solar system, what if our solar system just happens to be a gold-rich planet or a gold-rich area? Possible. Now, obviously, you need a worker species to mine the gold because there are logistics that have to be involved. Even if you're a spacefaring alien, you might have to have the skills to mine through gold. But that does explain why gold is so valuable in the world. You know what I mean? Interesting Think theory. about it that way. Interesting and theory. And it doesn't, that this gold is, it's not 
not like it's a speculation. It's it's a very good heat shield or whatever insulator against radiation. It has a lot of technological value. Sure. In terms of electronics, even our phones. The reason why gold prices were going up for a while is because they're using manufacturing. That's the reason why your dead phone still holds value is because there's gold and silver within the phone. Right. What if we were just here to mine the gold? And catalytic converters. Yes. That's yes we. Mine, mine got stolen. We, we've had that problem. <laughs> yeah. That's my theory. That's my pet theory. Sure. Anyways, but back to disclosure. There's who, the government doesn't win. I don't understand how the government wins because if it comes out that there's stuff that even if it comes out that we, they've been in contact with aliens, obviously the aliens are more powerful than we are because they're coming here. You know what I mean? You ever think that we might have shit that the that the aliens are just like, whoa, man, we never even thought of that. We never even we didn't even think about that. You know, I kind of thought that way about nuclear technology because if you look at the our evolutionary leap, like a hundred years before nuclear technology we were still shooting each other with muskets basically right <laughs> and the engine wasn't really a thing like the steam engine was kind of sort of coming on this is a hundred years before nuclear technology right we go from flying planes in 1903 or whatever to using them for warfare by world war one to nuclear energy in 1945 right nuclear weapons in 1945 it's it's insanity so how the hell did that jump go from we're gonna shoot a musket ball out of a rifle with gunpowder to we're gonna ram items into each other <laughs> we're gonna somehow figure out a way to do that we're gonna make it happen so quickly that we're able to generate nuclear technology or nuclear right. weapons yeah i don't incredible. know man but what do you have any more questions about disclosure i i, I think i said my piece of what i think is gonna happen you know I, yeah I, just, I think they're gonna get up there before congress and i think they're just gonna they're just gonna say a bunch of hoopla i don't i, I honestly don't know they might say that hey you know we have these spacecrafts you know they, they might say you know yada 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 they might i i, I don't I, I, I don't see that i don't think they will it just it, there's there's so much at risk all the power players like the power Power players wouldn't win anything. Academia would be out. Yep. Like, what would academia be able to do with, oh, yeah, the laws of physics don't exist anymore. Philosophy, throw that yep. out the window. It's also a possibility that these UAPs are, it, it could be other country technologies that we don't want to admit or we don't want to say anything about. Which is true. I mean. It's it also a possibility. It doesn't take much more than a look at Nazi Germany to realize that yeah, they no had doubt. a lot of crazy things that <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to handle at all. Now, the other thing, too, is that if you look at Nazi Germany, part of that ideology was very occult-like, and that got snuffed out of the history books quite a bit, was the occult aspect of that. Sure. And if you look at the ideology, it all ties back into aliens, and they honestly, God, believe that they were in contact with extraterrestrials that were trying to promote the alien, the Aryan race on Earth. Sure. They, like, that was part of the ideology. That was part of the higher-ups belief system. Do, do you believe that Hitler had the Spear of Destiny? We've talked about this. I don't know. I think he had contact with aliens, though. Do you think so? I don't know, man. It's 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 really interesting, the technology that Germany was able to acquire in a very short amount of time during World War II. Because during World War I, you don't hear about, you don't hear a lot about that shit during World War I. No, you don't. It, you but really w- don't. World War II comes around, and you hear about, you know, possible time machines that Germany was coming up with. You hear about an incredible underground city, which was true. I mean, they have underground highways underneath Berlin and shit like that i mean there's this there's all types of crazy technological leaps that happened during world war ii within within germany exactly uh i mean they had flying saucers they, they absolutely they, did they, they definitely built flying saucers in world war ii in germany i did a project on this in high school yeah i it mean was, there, you can look it up on google yeah, I mean, they, there's like pictures need, and tim's the ex tim did a tim did a project on this too sure nazi stealth flyers or something yeah so yes you're right there there's a precedent for other countries other than the u.s having some ridiculous technology is it still going 
going on. It's very it's it's possible. And the way and the way that they're building these drones nowadays, dude. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago when I was in Florida during the Fourth of July, this guy had a drone taking pictures. You should see that thing move, man. Yeah. Those drones are quick. They're yeah. fast. But they also obey the laws of physics. That's the problem. Yes. They might move quickly. They might look like they're doing a lot, but they're still obeying the laws of physics. Well, just think if you're a Navy pilot and you're in a plane and you're moving and you see a you see something moving that might look like it's defying the laws of physics. Sure. But maybe it's just a high-tech drone that can yeah. move very quickly. No, it's possible. Maneuver. I understand what you're saying. I don't know, man. Now, the one thing I wanted to say real quick, the, the disclosure all swings back to making aliens a priority for people, which mm-hmm. that, that simply isn't going to happen overnight. Right. No they doubt. have to be, part of their life has to be endangered to the point where people would even care. Yeah. And, and that, real quick, not to cut you off. Okay. If they disclose that these things are going to, are potential threats to the United States and we don't know anything about them, that's a problem for the military. That's a huge problem. Yes. And they're not going to, they're not going to say that. They're, exactly. That, they're, <laughs> what, do, what do you even do? Right. Unless they're trying to increase their budget. That would, that would cause panic. Yeah. But if you think about it, most people are, they're just the priorities, they prioritize their career or financial gains or drugs or sex or something. Everybody prioritizes things and aliens is kind of stands in the way because a lot of the, the perception is people that talk about aliens are losers that don't have any money, that don't have any value in the society. Right. That perception has been so heavily rammed into the, the consciousness of the public that they don't want to, they just don't want to be a part of that at all. You know what I mean? Right. Whether or not that's valid. And mostly, most of that is social stigma is what it is. People are slaves to social stigma, which that's another problem. That's another, but it's an easy way to control people. Right. Create a social stigma around something that they don't want you to know about. Let the weirdos kind of get into it. People that don't care about their social stigma get into that. Let the people that are the in, in the more established group think mindset scoff at that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that's a problem that's going to keep popping up. A lot of people don't want aliens to be real. They don't want people talking about this. They see those news stories. A lot of people probably saw that on 60 Minutes and flipped it off and thought that 60 Minutes really took a shit. Right. At the show. <laughs> But you you understand what I'm saying, right? That social stigma is always going to exist until something significant is going to happen. Now it is changing in the younger generation. Most of the scoffers are like 45 and older. Usually that seems to be like the cutoff. Like Gen X, the baby boomers are mostly ah, that's not real. But then again, too, these are people that obeyed the government their entire lives. Right. Grew up in the culture, the post World War II culture, where you had to obey. Right. That was just part of life. So I don't know. It's I feel be like interesting. This, go ahead. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I feel like the stigma is going to. It is starting to evaporate a little bit these days. Right. Obviously, we at 4.30 in the morning are doing a good job to make aliens cool again. Definitely. Because me and Ben are some pretty cool, pretty cool guys. Pretty cool, wacky and nutty guys. Yeah. Wacky and nutty. That's what Bill Whitaker said. That should be the title of the episode. Wacky and nutty. No. I will. I might include that in the <laughs> in the description a little bit. Sure. Anyways, does that about wrap it up for disclosure? I feel like we, we pretty much... Yeah, I think that went good. Yeah, it went pretty well. We kind of ran through. Again, I don't... I just don't see... There's no advantage. It, it destabilizes too much. I think so, A lot too. of people... A lot of really powerful people lose because the government kind of loses their sovereignty like if there's an alien race that's really in control right there is no sovereignty in the government anymore and the government is all about control exactly all about control and corporations large corporations are all about about control and even academia i keep shitting on academia they only exist because people see value in what they offer or what they supposedly know right if something comes in and says hey their knowledge isn't valuable anymore a lot of cushy people that have gotten really used to having a lot of power and a lot of comfort yep are just gonna be thrown 
on the streets with the rest of us, basically. You know what I mean? That's and that's that's basically why I don't think they're really gonna say much. But they may, they might surprise us. We'll see. I think I think as time goes on. Now that's another thing too. Let's think about this for a second, real quick. So Congress signed the bill. They're essentially making the order. Congress is essentially ordering the Department of Defense to come clean about what they know with the UFOs. Congress, I don't think outside of the Congressional Library, they don't keep their own like case files. They're not making a, really. They're not really making too many investigations. I mean, there are congressional hearings. But if you think about it, if, if, the, if Congress is doing a congressional investigation on something, the congressmen aren't like special agents out in the field. Right. Could you imagine if some of these people were out there, like Bernie Sanders was knocking on your door? Yeah, I'm here to check in on. We got this. We got the aliens. Could you imagine that? So they don't really have the databases that the departments have. Congress is supposedly like the supreme ruling body of the land, in theory, you would think. Right. What does that say if Congress <laughs> says, give us the files, which they should have the right, you would think, to subpoena whatever they want, pretty much. Right. With the only limits being personal stuff that is like a conflict of interest or like an active investigation, I could see maybe. But why would Congress not have the right to see the files? Right. So they should. that's going to put their, their power in check or whatever. And they're only going to disclose shit that, that is declassified. What if it's declassified? Doesn't anybody have in- access to the information already? I don't know. But yeah, I feel like when things are declassified, they get published pretty quickly, either by WikiLeaks or by somebody. I feel like they have yeah. to get published somewhere. Maybe they won't be declassified until the disclosure. Yeah, if it happens. If it happens. But congrats, Congress is making the order. So either they're gonna we're going to get information out or we're going to find out that Congress doesn't have any power. Right. Is honestly what's <laughs> going on right now. Basically. And it, that's scary for Congress. It's scary for a lot of people that trust the government and trust the establishment. It's a lose-lose for just about everybody at now this it's, point. It's happened before because we've seen it with MKUltra. Yes. The same exact thing happened. Yep. They just destroyed the files before they <laughs> surrendered any folders or anything. So, anyways, I don't know. I don't know, it's man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it. I am, too. I feel like that was a good discussion, but we had to get out in front of this before. Definitely. Uh, we do have a really good topic for next week already, so. Let us know what you guys think about disclosure. Tweet us at 30 in the. Yes, and if you work for the State Department or for the Department of Defense, or you're a congressional listener and you'd like to tweet us, please tweet us and let us know what you think. If you've got some secret files that you'd like to share with us, uh, we'd be happy to break some break some news. <laughs> We'll have to call a special episode. Well, we definitely want to add that to our news stories in the beginning of our in the beginning of our episodes. Could you imagine if like somebody was listening and gave us something? Like wanted to be like an anonymous source. The story first broke by the podcast four thirty in the morning. <laughs> Please, that would be fantastic. That'd be great. That'd be great for our marketing. We wouldn't even even need to have to do. We wouldn't even have to do social the media. Social media shit that we haven't even that we haven't even started yeah. yet. Anyways, you got anything more for this episode? I think I'm all set, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna update the listeners because. It was not a good week. <laughs> the hunting episode was kind of a clunker with That's the ratings. Right. Uh, so I'm still trying to get the word out. I'm still trying to talk to people at least, try to get people to listen. Sure, me too, man. I feel I feel like once people listen, they're hooked. But it's getting people to put the damn thing on their phone. Right. That's a challenge. So if you're a listener, please tell everybody you know about the show. Play it for them. Just walk up with your phone out <laughs> and play it. Play your favorite clip, and that's how we're going to get people to listen. Definitely. Don't don't say, hey, check out the show because we're never going to do it. Make them do it. Use a, little, use a little bit of force. We're we're all for that. No no violence. No violence. Don't but, have to lay your hands on anyone. But or, you can, or yes, lay your hands. Yes. Yeah, you can be aggressive. We don't. Sure. We're trying to get the word out. And if you want to be our social media person, <laughs> we've had a couple of prospects, but nobody's on the roster yet. So Tweet us. Yes, please tweet us uh, at 30 in the, if you want to be our social media person. But I think that about does it. I think that's about it. Disclosure's happening, guys. You heard it here first. So Peace. NASA's Curiosity rover captures shining clouds. Uh, wow. <laughs>
cut. Do that every time. <laughs> that, that's what I want to see. That makes it so easy in editing. <laughs> Anyways. So imagine your two-year-old daughter being smarter than you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean. I mean, she's still at the adolescent stage, but I mean. Not, that's not adolescent stage. What's the adolescent stage? Teenagers. Is that adolescent? Yes. Puberty. Oh, never mind. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Still at that young stage, yeah. but, uh, I mean, well, I had, you probably cut this if you want, but I had, I had a, there was a manager when I used to work at UPS who was a devout Christian as well. And he used to get so upset, but he would never curse. Really? He would, he would say like the word freak and fricking and like the most, like in the, the craziest possible <laughs> way you could be mother frick. That's be like frick. Now, it's what, so funny. What is what makes that any better than it? it yeah, it really doesn't. Or you switch some consonants and vowels around, basically. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the intent. I think is what matters. Yeah, but anyway, I always thought it was hilarious. No, that's funny. So Philip Rivers with his army of kids. <laughs> he was, was, doing, doing, was doing a meet. He was doing a meet and greet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Anyways, that that is pretty funny. You want? I got one more comment about football, real quick. Sure. You know what really started to make me feel old hmm. is watching some of these guys get drafted, like Asante Samuel Jr. Yes. When I remember his dad, and then Antoine Winfield Jr. was yep. the other one. Ah, uh, oh my goodness, that made me feel old as fuck. Pretty sure it's gonna be Frank Gore, Frank Gore's kid. And Frank Gore's still in the league. So. <laughs> right. I don't know. I thought that was insane. Watching, you're watching these guys. Like, I watched Asante Samuel's full career. I remember Antoine Winfield when he played for Ohio State. Right. And his son is, <laughs> is in the NFL now. It's incredible. So, anyways, yes, I feel old because of that. But Rightfully so. Anyways, speaking of old, we're getting back to an old topic, aren't we, today? 